Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and look, it's Nikki Kinzer. Well, hello. Hello, hello, Pete Wright. Hi, Hi Nikki. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing uh, I'm doing fairly well. Fairly well. Uh, and uh, we've got a, a great show coming up. I'm very excited about our guest today. Me too. Um, you, you know, he's he's a former carny. And, and, and psychic. He said, and psychic, and, and he, con. he ran a medicine show. He did say, he did tell us that he once consorted with con men. I don't uh-huh. know if that implies that he was he himself was one a con or not. man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He'll have to come back and share that he, story he with certainly, us. Certainly, <laughs> certainly will. Uh, a fantastic conversation with Doc Anderson today about rewriting your own hero's journey. Can't wait to bring him on the show. But before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. Get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right here on the website or subscribe to our mailing list right there on the homepage and we'll let you know uh, each time a new episode is released. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And if this show has ever touched you, if you like the kinds of guests that we're bringing on this season, if you just like the community that we're trying to build, uh, it, we sure would appreciate it if you head over to patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. That's Patreon dot com slash the ADHD podcast and check out the ADHD community there. Uh, for a few dollars a month, you can jump in and get access to our early access episodes. You can join us for the live stream. If you were a member, you would be listening to me screw up this show live in person. You would be watching a video and watch my Zoom freeze right in the middle of a conversation. Now, if you're if you're just a, a, a watch, listening to the show on the internet, you miss all that good stuff. You miss all the screw-ups. Uh, you also get access to uh, the guests each time we record a show. You can hang out after the, the episode and listen to uh, and get your questions, specific questions, uh, answered by each of our guests, if you so have them, uh, and uh, all, all that and more. There's so much more. There's more. So check it out, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. And very, very great thanks to Carrie and Allison and Lindsay in the last few days. We are thrilled you are here, that you've decided to join the community and support this show. We can't wait to get to know you a little bit better in our community. And Nikki, I think the title is set. I don't know what that means. Of Pete's new podcast. (gasps) 
Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I think I'm. I think it has been. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> I saw this when we first started recording it. And I'm like, Nikki, the title is set, I know. and it I'm thinking you. the title of the podcast, like yeah. the, of this podcast, of this episode, podcast that we're like, already, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Okay, no. what is it? Uh, I think we're just going to go with the long-standing, much-loved placeholder. A one-word podcast placeholder. That's going to be Pete's. That's going to be Pete's new podcast, and it's going to happen twice a month. And it's going to cover the extended conversations around many of the issues we've already started talking about on this show, in and around and related to tech. So we're going to start with talking about hyperscheduling. We've got the first half year of shows kind of sketched out with what we're going to be talking about. We're very excited to do it. Uh, And the trailer and first episode will be coming out just for members as a little bonus pre-treat soon. Now, I know we've been talking about it for a long time, but we've been talking about it because we uh, we aligned it with this tier thing, with this this target goal on Patreon, because it's expensive to produce a podcast. And so Mm -hmm. we had said that we need to get to this certain number in order to be able to afford all of our collective time to be able to do a new podcast. And we're so close. But -hmm. because of the nature of Patreon, we get almost to that place. And then, you know, it flushes at the end of every month and some people drop off and some people join and it just it ends up we've been hovering right at this level for a long time if you are interested in placeholder if you want to see what uh pete's tech related podcast has to offer uh, and you have been thinking about joining for a long time but you've never done it please jump in uh, become a, a paying supporter, a patron. This show is just for patrons. It is only for you. And so uh, it won't be in the iTunes store. It won't be anywhere but your personal podcast feed that you'll get through Patreon. So we're really excited to do something just for members, but we need, if you've ever thought about it, if you see any value in ADHD-related tech conversations like the ones we're going to be having uh, around just how you wrestle with technology and how you manage reading lists and how you journal and to-do systems and archiving and digital archives and photography and all kinds of things. Um, head over again to patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast and, uh, and give us a look because I am eager, itching, itching to get this <laughs> podcast off the ground. So help, help me help you. Let's Jerry Maguire this thing. Help me help you. Uh, That's right. Get us over the hump. Thank you. Nikki, Shall do we have any other announcements? No, not today. Shall we do the show? Let's do it. Let's do it. Eric Doc Anderson, I I don't know. I know you're an ADHD coach. Uh, and unfortunately, before we started uh, the show today, you started talking about all the other things you've done. And now my mind is dizzy with things I want to talk to you about from from traveling medicine shows to horse trading to con uh, the work in the con field. I don't know. I, I, we're not going to be able to get to it all, but I want to give you the floor. How on earth do you introduce yourself, sir? I'm an advocate from, from way back. I have an ADHD. I also have cerebral palsy, which means I walk like a flamingo, except the knees go the right way. And... 
I grew up doing disability advocacy and my family business was racing horses. So I grew up and my guiding influences were carnies and horse traders and gamblers and con artists and fortune tellers and, and magicians and all of this. And so I, I had this wonderfully eclectic childhood of experiences. And then as an adult, I learned when I was working in advocacy, I learned that I, I had ADHD and, and suddenly so many things made sense because growing up, everyone just said, oh, that's that's Eric. You know, he he walks funny. And that's all they ever looked at is they, they saw an external thing and they attributed everything to that. And I felt like I was broken. And when I found out I had ADHD, suddenly everything clicked and it launched a whole different journey. And so I, I describe my ADHD as the world's smallest petting zoo. <laughs> my goldfish brain can't remember. My hamster brain can't focus. And my terrier brain won't let go of the damn sock monkey. I love yes. it. Yes. Well, and that is so much about why we wanted to talk to you today. You, I mean, your background being extraordinarily eclectic as it is, also your work in advocacy and this whole idea behind um, rewriting the stories that are told about us and the story that we we tell about ourselves. You and I were talking before we started about this idea that we live in metaphor, and I know that's that's so true for me. Like I need these these metaphors, these stories, to help me provide an anchor or a framework to the way I live with my ADHD, and um, and so. We're really excited to talk to you today about how we rewrite our own stories in a way that helps us make sense. I'm, I want to, uh, Nikki, give it to you. This was this was originally your brainstorm. How do you how do you want to uh, set this up? Well, I'm just really curious uh, to learn more about or from Doc about uh, his journey. And I think that part of uh, what I want us to accomplish today is for people to see that you can do what you want to do with these limitations. And ADHD doesn't have to stop you uh, from doing what you want to do. And just hear a little bit more about this hero engine. Oh my gosh! I just took a yeah, glimpse of this. Yeah, we're definitely going to get into the hero, and sure. uh, I, I'm sure this is part of your ADHD coaching piece too. But um, so I'm really interested in hearing about that. So yeah, I just want to get to know him a little bit, see what he's about. Let's talk, yeah, <laughs> let's talk more about that journey to ADHD. I mean, you said it unlocked a lot of uh, a lot of things for you that 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 sort of mind blowing uh, experience, and and I want to hear more about that. Uh, what 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 was unlocked for you? Well, I I was 37 years old. I was working in disability advocacy. My um, before I had worked uh, as the affirmative action ADA diversity coordinator for the state of Iowa, and then later I went on to a, uh, a federal uh, parent training program and working with children and parents mm -hmm. in schools with IDEA Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, uh, getting services for kids in schools and. One of the things that we did was we presented uh, informational programs to parents and schools on different topics. One of them, of course, was ADHD. And yet I had never connected the dots. And we were at a uh, we were at a conference and presenting. I was presenting on AD, on on uh, on IDEA issues and. 
a friend of mine who I'd known for years, he and his mom were presenting as a keynote speaker. And I hate to admit it, but I really didn't want to go. But, you know, I, I wasn't interested in that. But I was very interested in supporting him and moral support. So I went and he, he was talking about growing up with ADHD. And as I'm as I'm sitting there watching this, my jaw just slowly crawls down my chest as he kept reading from the diary that I never wrote. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. wait, yeah. what? Wait, no, it, you know, and all of these things. And, and, and I told my, my executive director and, and I, you know, now I had a fabulous boss uh, at that point. I had, uh, she was amazing. She taught me so many things. And she said, okay, this is huge. Do you need to take the rest of the day and, and you know, go process on this? And I looked at her and I said, you know, I'm right here in the middle of a special education conference with, with experts all around me. I couldn't be in a yeah, better place. Yeah, why would I possibly want to abandon this moment right, right now? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my introduction. Yeah. And then... As I was leaning into this and, and learning about ADHD, um, now I I told you that you know my background is in magic and performance and comedy and all of this you know because as like so many ADHDers I have an eclectic work history. I don't have a career. I have an eclectic mm -hmm. work history. Okay, <laughs> that is how ADHD is that. And so one of the things that I would do is I would take a deck of cards and I would use it as a fidget, doing a very very quiet thing called a pharaoh shuffle. Now, a pharaoh shuffle was used in the early 1900s uh, for the game of pharaoh, and it was a way of perfectly interweaving every other card through an entire deck to break up winning pairs in the game of pharaoh. And it is a it is kind of a difficult thing to master. And, and so I would sit in meetings and I would do, do silent pharaoh shuffles. And we would have, I, I, I swear to dog, there's a point to this, well, and I'm getting there. Um, we would have people come in for outside meetings, you know, or for meetings in our office. And my executive director loved to sit them where they could see me fidgeting with this deck. And so I would sit there with my head down and doing these, these very, very intricate mm -hmm. shuffles. And she said she could watch them just getting angrier and angrier as I obviously was not paying attention. And, oh, my God, how disrespectful is that? And 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 then about the time the veins started, you know, pumping on their forehead, I would pop up. I would look up. I would ask a couple of very cogent questions that showed not only was I paying attention, but I was operating two or three levels deeper than everyone else on the topic. And she said. It was a glorious moment because inevitably they would, after the meeting, talk to her and go, I have never seen anything like that. And Jewel would say, well, Eric has ADHD and fidgeting is one of the ways that he keeps his brain engaged. We offer a uh, training on ADHD. Can we bring that into your office? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, yeah, what a perfect example of dog meat pony show! Like we can we can solve this <laughs> yes. problem mm-hmm. for you. That's fantastic. So when did you decide to become an ADHD coach? Like how did that come into your career yeah, path? Was it that moment? Yeah, was it that <laughs> moment where you can? <laughs> no, I no okay. Um, let, let, let's back this up. Now I, I had spent my, my formative years on paramutual tracks and county fairs. That was where I grew up. Okay. Surrounded by all of these interesting things. And I just have this thought right now of you being just like looking for a job and saying, yes, I'm perfect for this job. And also completely unhirable. <laughs> like those two things exist at the same time. And it's so Perfect. Well, now, Jewel, when when I went to apply for that job, they didn't have a job available. And my background was also in graphic design and communication. Of course it is. And so I can can hire someone with a disability who gets it. I can hire a graphic designer. But to find someone that gets both parts of these, they made a position for me because they couldn't afford not to you know, use these talents that were together. And so I stayed with them for a number of years until she left and things started to go south. And I read the, the writing on the wall and, and I left and, um, in, uh, like 2005 Mm. and I spent the next 10 years, I went back to my roots. And so I became a performer Mm. again while I was still young enough to Mm -hmm. do that after spending years in in self-advocacy and and institutional advocacy and school advocacy and employment advocacy, I went back to my first love of performing, which is the psychology of all of these hidden communities and and why things work and and amazing stuff. But so from 2005 to about to till 2015, I was doing a traveling medicine wagon comedy show at fairs and festivals all over the Midwest and West. I had my own medicine show wagon, the whole nine yards. I was having a ball. And then in 2015, on my birthday, uh, I got a heat stroke and a cookie. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was it was nasty. It was 107 degrees, 97% humidity. And we were doing everything right, drinking, self-care, all of that. And I came off stage and wow. I dropped. Oh my and uh, then after that, I lost all of my tolerance mm. for heat and I couldn't do outdoor shows anymore. And so I had to say goodbye to 10 years of a career that I had built that I, yeah. I adored. And so I was looking, what else am I going to do? And so I wanted to go back and do advocacy, but I didn't want to do it in an institutional setting where so many things were were circumscribed about what I could do and what I couldn't do and how you do it and and institutional limitations and and I started looking at different things well you know could I get a could I get certification in CBT or DBT but those you end up working in a nursing home or working under a and and I've done nursing home programs and shows for decades love them um, because old age and treachery wins over youth and enthusiasm pretty much every time. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, you know, but, but, or, or you'd have to work under a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And then my wife, 
Um, I, 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 I married a bummy species. I am a very lucky man. Um, my wife said, did you know ADHD coaching was a thing? Now she says, she said that three times. Well, of course oh, she yes. did. <laughs> of course she did. Because when you're reachers like we are, there's always, they've always said it first. And they're right. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I went, wait, what? That's a thing? And so I looked into it and I, I looked for what does that, what kind of training does that take? And, and looked at a couple different programs. And then I started calling. I, I, okay, I'm, I'm interested in this program. I went mm-hmm. to ADCA, the, the ADD oh, coaching. Yeah. So did I. Uh, David mm-hmm. Brooks. Yeah. And um, so what I did was I go, okay, they look good. And then I started looking at their uh, roster of coaches and I picked three of them that looked like me that looked like my, you know, my level of schooling, my, you know, mm-hmm. any number of things. And I called them and I, I just, I grilled them about, tell me what the training is like. Tell me what it's like to be a coach. Tell me about all the things. Yes. And going, wow, this is what I was looking for. And, um, and frankly, is a lot easier to do than being a professional psychic, which I've done that too. And, and did you mur- move to, you know, McMurdo Station to do your practice now? Get out of the heat? <laughs> Are you coming to us from the Antarctic? No, I'm in, I'm in St. Okay. Louis um, and um, far enough south that uh, the Episcopalians handle snakes, <laughs> but... Uh, um, Okay. Mm. All right. Uh, let's That's talk uh, then a little bit about the the hero engine. We we posted the image for people in the live stream. It'll be in the show notes uh, with the podcast. Um, you, uh, we have a, a connection in our love for uh, Joe Campbell and the hero's journey. And for you, that inspired, it sounds like a whole language around talking about how we handle our, um, you know, the negative stories that are so easy for us to tell about ourselves. Tell us about it. Yes. Well, okay. For any of you out there that that go, wait, uh, Hero Journey, Joseph Campbell, what's that? Uh, If you put Hero Journey into Wikipedia, you are going to find out more than you want to know. There's the 17, 22, 45 steps of the monomyth. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a great big, huge Freudian thing that is a product. Before long, you'll be doing Cornell notes of the Odyssey. Don't worry about it. It's okay. You can let it go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and. That, you know, I mean, remember that that these are stories and that Odysseus was just a guy trying to get home after a bad day at work. OK, <laughs> um, so what I did was I took all of these these pieces of the great monomyth, the, the cycle of the hero that every culture tells the same story. They just do it from their perspective. But all the steps are the same. and. Usually when we do this, we're talking about these grand epic stories. But what about me? What about you? What about our daily lives? How does that relate into what we do? And what what I found out is that the hero cycle is the human metaphor. It is how we go through life. It is the cycle of challenge and achievement and change. It is Thesis, antithesis, synthesis, it is the three-act formula of get your hero up a tree, throw rocks at them, get them back down. As as a friend of mine and I are so fond of saying, you cannot not do the hero journey. I'll give you a moment to let Mm -hmm. your brain catch up with that one. And 
So what I did was I simplified the hero journey down to what does it look like every day? And what it comes down to, the journey you are on every moment of your life, whether you are doing, uh, whether you're writing a PhD thesis or taking out the garbage, is this. All is well until suddenly it's not. So you go to a new place, you learn new things, you overcome challenges, you find your hidden power, and you return again greater than you were before. All is well. Mm -hmm. And we are on this cycle every moment of our lives. And we are on multiple hero journeys at any one time. Now, if you couple that with what Gertner said about human beings are the only species that tell stories and then live by the stories we tell, we are creating our own reality at every moment. And to to quote one of my one of my favorite comics, the the uh, the Killing Joke, he's uh, Joker says, "If I'm going to have a, a past, I prefer multiple choice. We get to choose our stories." Well, and that uh, that is an apt and deep cut for this show, sir. Killing mm-hmm. Joke, I. <laughs> I I don't know if you knew this, but just now you and I became best friends. So congratulations, uh, is nailed friend. it, Excellent. nailed it. Uh, this is this is I think a great uh, segue, at least for a sidebar. Um, the part of the problem that we have when we think in terms of the metaphor of the hero journey, and when people come to to us and to this show, often they they bring the baggage of the agent of chaos, right? You said thesis antithesis, but I would add hero antagonist. If you already believe you are the antagonist of your own story, how do you overcome that? Can I, can I give you an example? I hope you will. Uh, I'll tell you a story. Okay. So years ago, I did a school assembly program called Energy Resourcery. I carry, I, I, played a character called the energy wizard. I was in my twenties and young and stupid. And I was a proto-human because we're not done yet at that age. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I loved this job. We got to go around and do school assembly programs and I got paid for it. This was fabulous. And I love that job. And the problem was every morning when they came to pick me up, I was late by five or 10 minutes because right. Time yeah. blind. Time is now and not now. I didn't know it then, but, um, you know, all we can be is ourselves. And so the, uh, the guy that hired me, uh, we had to come to Jesus and he said, if you are late again, if we have to wait on you again, we're done. We're replacing you. You don't get a vote, a vote in this. And that terrified me because I loved this job and I was in danger of losing it. And he got through to my, my hamster brain that that was where we were. And it scared me. And I was not late again, because I loved the job more than I hated wrestling, you know, playing, playing calendar Tetris. And uh, so for years, I had this story that I'm always late. I'm always late. I suck. I'm always late. And you have a boatload of evidence confirming that in your own head by now. Yes, I did. Now, we're going to fast forward. Years, years later, when I was doing programs in the medicine show, 
I was doing a show for an agent and I screwed my calendar up big time. Okay. We're going to go forward to about 2017. I was supposed to be in a Zoom meeting and I blew it off. I, I, I missed it. I didn't blow it off. I screwed up my calendar. The wheels came off the bus. And so, crap, I knew it. I'm always late. Damn it. I did it again. And um, so I send emails out to everyone. And of course, ADHDers, they go, oh, yeah, we, we do this. No big thing. Well, I was not through punishing myself. Thank you very much. You know, we have raised this to an art form. And if I put if I punish myself enough, then you don't have to bonus. And so I was beating myself up thoroughly. And my wife got kind of sick of this. <laughs> and so she pulls me up short and she says, Eric, when was the last time you screwed your calendar up this bad? And I said, uh, uh, well, what? It had to be what, like? a month or two ago, because I'm always doing this. And she said, it was in, you know, 2007 or whenever it was when I was doing the show for that agent and I screwed up my calendar and I was not there. And I wait, what? It's that's, that's, that's like 15 years. No, that can't be right. Well, I checked and it was right because, you know, she has the memory. and. Um, I didn't know what to do with that. I bet. Completely counter to the narrative you've been telling yourself the Mm -hmm. whole time. Yes, my narrative is I'm always late. Look at all the evidence I have that I've made up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so how exhausting that is. Yep. She's, oh, you know, I'm on borrowed time. I'm going to be late. Mm -hmm. And so I tortured myself for 15 years with this story that I'm always late. Well, I had evidence that was not true. The last time I had done this to this degree was 15 years ago. So my new story is I am really good at being on time, but I have to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is a much healthier narrative. This is what we're talking about with reframing Mm -hmm. our stories is that stories stories are rooted in information. Information is a thing. It is neutral. And the progression goes thing, story, emotion, uh, action, result. So we have a thing. It is neutral. Okay. I missed a meeting. That's a fact. I missed a meeting. Mm-hmm. So... I created a story around that. I'm always late. Stories create emotions. The emotion was negative. The emotion was shame. We, you know, welcome to how we live with ADHD. It's a very feelings forward existence. And that shame informs our action and the action creates the result, which often goes back to the original thing. I'm late. So it is, I'm late. Or you know, I missed a I missed a meeting because I'm always late. It creates shame, so I end up um, punishing myself and uh, and doing very very harmful things to you know. I'm not doing self care, self compassion, mm-hmm. and as a result, now 
I perpetuate this idea that I can't be on time. And it, it feeds itself in terrible ways. But if I say to myself, oh, I missed a meeting, but I'm really good at being on time if I'm paying attention, that means I wasn't paying attention. What basics wasn't was I not doing? Mm-hmm. Where was I not paying attention? Oh, okay. I, you know, this has changed. I need to change these external prompts and pay attention to my processes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a. I think that's a really great point. And and to use your own uh, the hero engine, right? All is well until suddenly it's not, and the calendar is screwed up. And we then have a choice, and it's generally for most of us an unconscious choice about inserting a narrative that fits the facts, or stopping ourselves, putting on the brake, and saying, "Ah, what is the only thing I know? The only thing I know is I missed a meeting." Facts are things that are true, whether or not we be- choose to believe them. Yes. Beliefs are things we choose to trust whether or not they are true, and truths are beliefs that we choose to regard as facts. So we have a really, really bizarre relationship with information. Right. It's so complicated. Yeah. It is. And so you add to that the ADHD negativity bias. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that I can start with... um. I texted Pete. Why didn't he text me back? He doesn't he didn't like text me. me back. I did something wrong. Oh my God. I probably yeah. pissed him off. He's mad at me. Oh God, he's mad at me. He's never going to talk to me. I go from Pete didn't text me back. I will take it all the yeah. way up to the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Because when we don't have information, we play mad libs, we fill things in, and we 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 do the spinal tap thing. We crank it up to eleven and we fill those mad libs in with negativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we make it worst case mm-hmm. scenario. Mm-hmm. I like to and, use that Mad Lib and just replace it with attacked by a shark because that always resets. It sounds ridiculous. And that's intentional. Like, what are the odds that he didn't text me back because he was attacked by a shark? That is exactly yes. as likely as him not liking me anymore. Right. True. And I, that's my a, wife that's and I do frame. this all the time. Yeah. This, is a, yeah. this is actually a CB. This is a very similar to a CBT uh, 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 cognitive behavioral therapy technique where you do something in a ridiculous voice. We call it giving voice to the inner sure, toddler. Sure, sure, sure. And so if she says, Eric, can you take out the garbage? And I, I'll look at her and go, no, I don't want to. <laughs> and we look at each other and yeah. we laugh. And we have just denied this 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 voice, our inner toddler. We we denied it energy because ODD, oppositional defiance, is one of the coexistent conditions that go with the neuroatypical brain wiring yes. we have. And so, a way to reframe that reaction. I'm going to have these negative reactions, but I get choices around what to do with them, and those choices are expanded when I choose my emotional reaction to the stories I'm creating. Hmm. You know, something that's really interesting about what you said, and and I just want to highlight, you're saying I can be on time if I pay attention and or when I pay attention. And what I love about that is it's the acceptance of ADHD. It, it's and, and the, the responsibility. responsibility of it. Right. Yeah. You're not just assuming or, or accepting the fact that I just am never going to be on time. You're you're really looking at I can be. And these are the structures and the things I need to do to make that happen. But yes. I'm capable. 
I'm capable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as a coach, here, here's the difference between coaching and therapy. Therapy is about uh, healing your pain. It is about making yourself okay with what was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it is about creating acceptance and so that you aren't anchored in things that don't serve you. Coaching is about moving forward. And it's about, okay, this is where we are. Where do we want to be? And as a coach, unlike therapy, I don't treat you like you're broken because mm-hmm. you're not. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really, my, my brain is like rattling around with the acceptance and responsibility of ADHD because too often we see, you know, in, even in our own community, uh, people who are ostensibly there because they've already embraced it to some degree on their own journey, um, you know, their own space and their own lives with ADHD. And we have, you know, someone will recommend a tool and someone else will say, I can't do this because ADHD, uh, which. And it, it becomes, I can't do that right. yet. Here's the thing. You can, we can only be the hero of our own journey. You can only be a companion or an obstacle on someone else's and you get to choose which one that yeah. is. Yeah. I can't do that yet. Everybody just say that again. Everybody listening. I can't do that yet. Oh, yet. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely love it. OK, uh, as we get toward wrapping up here, I, I'd like to talk about some some practicals for people who are listening to this, like uh, mm-hmm. like our, our dear friend Allison in the chat room, who's saying her mind is blown about negative Mad Libs. Uh, let's let's talk about. Um, uh, about how to condition yourself, how to make self-advocacy uh, in this spirit a practice. How do you in how do you m- make it part of your life? Self-advocacy starts with advocating for yourself with yourself. You have to advocate for your best self with yourself before you can advocate involving someone else. And that advocacy, that relationship that you have with yourself is vitally important. It starts with the stories that you are telling yourself. And the first thing that is necessary, if you are going to change and, 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 and reframe that story, is to stop. Pause. ADHD, living successfully with ADHD starts with pause stop. Our brain spins up, things go faster and faster, and it is the most counterintuitive thing that we can think of is, is I have so many things. Oh my God, everything's going so fast. And the, the one thing you don't want to do is slow down and stop. Mm-hmm. Stop. Breathe. Go back to, okay, what's the story I'm telling myself? What is the thing, that neutral factoid that this story is about? And is that all that can mean? I've cast this negatively. I'm telling a story to myself that doesn't serve me. What other stories can this be? Now, here's a pro tip. And and by the way, you don't you 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 don't have to remember any of this. I actually made a whole handout uh, for a, th- a TED talk, a TED talk I did 
on writing your hero story mm -hmm. and that's available on great. my website well, great and we'll put a link to it um uh, which is coachingforcreativebrains.com but here's the thing when you are reframing your story when you're reframe when you're creating that hero story every hero has a quest don't make the quest epic mm -hmm. make the quest what you are doing every day. Epic is what happens when you retell the story later. Epic is what happens when the bards sing about it. Every story is just trying to get through to the other side. Like I said, you know, the, the Odyssey, Odysseus, uh, you know, Odysseus was just a guy who had a bad, who was uh, trying to get home from work after a bad day. Yeah. So don't make your That's quest fantastic. epic. Make make your quest, make what you are doing something you are doing. Lean into that. And sometimes the best thing you can do to reframe your story is tell that story to someone else. We are social animals. And ADHDers, we struggle. I, I could do an entire thing on social. Yeah. Um, I, I help ADHDers with the social thing all the time. I can't tell the, I can't tell you the number of times I've had clients where, um, oh my God, I'm about to, you know, I'm, 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 I suck at work and I'm going to get fired, you know, because employment, right. Mm -hmm. And we start working on social and they go, wait, what? No, I need to learn how to be organized. And that the social is one of the most important things you can do for ADHD. We don't get it. Small talk is opaque to us very often. And so stories are meant to be told. So find someone to tell your story to and get feedback from and share stories and tell stories and compare stories and talk about stories. And don't do this alone. Community. Find mm -hmm. a companion mm -hmm. to be on your mm -hmm. hero journey. I love that. I, also, uh, you know, when you get low and gravelly like that in your voice, I want you to come over and tell me a bedtime story. You got you got great pipes, <laughs> man. I was once told I have a, I, I, not an exaggeration, someone said, Doc, you have a voice like cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, if only we did comic titles, I know, that would be right? the title of this so episode. So something I have to say again that just really struck me with what you said, and this is, this is I think, one of my biggest takeaways from today, is that you have to be a self-advocate advocate for yourself to yourself. I don't remember exactly how you said it, but I totally get that. Like, if you don't have that for yourself, you're not going to ever believe anything that anybody else has to say to help you or to give you that support. It's so huge. Our it's relationships are the relationships we have with ourselves mm -hmm. writ large. Mm -hmm. So often with ADHD, it's the relationship that we have with ourselves that we mirror into, into everything else. And, and we, we come at it with such a scarcity mentality. And, and I'm going to go into the superhero thing here. I've, I've equated this with we 
kind of begin to get the idea that we could have more, but we're, we have a very sidekick mentality. It's, I really don't deserve this, but I want it. Can I please have some, you know, it's the sidekick. The sidekick is trying to validate themselves to everyone. And, and they're saying, can I have pie, please? You know, oh, please, sir. Can I have another? And as we get into our, this gets into the social, as we get into, we begin to find our, you know, oh, I can do this. Then we very often, we feel that we have to defend our right to be in a space. We become a scrapper and the scrapper is all about, I'm going to prove to you that that I'm worthy, which is I'm going to prove to myself that I'm worthy. And so it's, I'll fight you for that piece of pie. Later, we realize that we don't have to fight our way through everything, but we're still deep in validation. And so we become a scorekeeper and the scorekeeper is only as good as their last accomplishment. And when they screw something up, they're, they're done. And they're saying, look how much pie I have. That's how worthy I am. But we get to a point where we support each other through this, where we are our best selves, not every day, not every moment, but that we are cognitively consonant and we become a mentor to ourselves and others. And the mentor says, you know, it's it's about lifting other people and lifting ourselves up and supporting each other. And the mentor says, who wants to make pie? Hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's so, so good. good. That is so good. <laughs> and it really, you've just connected to this thing that I realized that I do still, even as somebody who's been, who spent the last couple of decades trying to figure all this out, I still do this thing where I can put myself in a negative self-talk space uh, by telling myself that my story isn't epic enough. This whole thing about that, that that our stories only have to be epic in the retelling is amazing to me because that is, you know, it, that is the 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 little voice that is constantly telling me you're not doing enough, your story is not big, you haven't accomplished enough, you're not this enough, you're not this enough because ADHD is the natural language. Like that's what I mean when making this stuff a practice. So yeah. therefore everyone else is I outside. Suck. Yes. But yeah. if you, you know, we we judge ourselves by our act, but we judge others by their actions. We judge ourselves by our intentions. It's that whole inside outside thing and the dichotomy of what is epic and epic is how the story that. is that perceived. Yeah. It is never right here. about how the oh, story so is. Uh, are- you, we've. I, I'm already going to be hunting for links of things that you've mentioned uh, uh, for this show, but I'm going to cut us off because obviously you're going to have to come mm-hmm. back uh, some other time, Doc. This is terrific. I'd love to. Yeah. This, this is, this is a, a wonderful beginning to the conversation. There is so much to to explore here, and what we want to do is to help people understand that, you know. ADHD, it's, it's, I, I tell people that I turn ADHD into your greatest strength instead of your biggest struggle. Now, it is not easy. Yeah. It takes work, but it doesn't have to be full of suck to yeah. do it. And, and this is the kind of stuff that we do. It, it, it's, I, I struggled for so many years. I am 59 years old and there's so much of this stuff that, I just now feel like I'm starting to 
mm-hmm. begin yeah. to get a handle yeah. on. I'm in. Uh, where, where do you want people? You've already mentioned the link. Is there anything you, you else you want to plug besides your website that you're doing right now that we can help send people to? Um, yeah, a, a website, coachingforcreativebrains.com. I also have a uh, an Instagram, which is ADHD nice. Flying Squirrel. Um, and I've got a number of things up there I haven't posted in a while because reasons. Uh, and then there's also a YouTube channel, ADHD Squirrel, uh, ADHD Flying Squirrel, uh, where I've been playing with things. <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. Thank you. Uh, thank you so yes. much, Doc Anderson. We sure appreciate thank you having so you much. here. This has been a blast. Introducing you to our community. Everybody go check out all the work that Doc Anderson has done and, you know, b- commence the foot tapping and breath holding for uh, when we get him back. If you are interested in coaching, I will tell you right now, uh, if when people contact me, I direct them to a webinar that I put together on ADHD. It, it does a lot of shortcutting the language so that we can begin to have a conversation. And what my job is, is to help you understand what your next step is. Whether or not that is coaching with me or not, you have to have a coach that fits you. It may not be me. And that's cool that you should never do coaching with someone that you don't feel comfortable, connected, and safe with. So, you know, if you've had difficulty with coaching in the past, don't give up on coaching very often that you may not have been the right coach. So you want people in your corner that are going to help you be the the best you. Perfect way to wrap us up. Thank you very much, Doc Anderson. We appreciate you and your time. And thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We sure appreciate your time and attention. Uh, On behalf of Nikki Kinzer and Eric Doc Anderson, we'll catch you right here next time, uh, right on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. (music) 